Everyone, I believe that you are ready for God's word. I heard somebody give an illustration, uh, uh, I think last week or week before last, and I'm going to use this illustration because it's awesome. Uh, he said he said this, when, when you uh, uh, have an issue with your heart and you want to go to a, uh, and you need surgery in your heart, um, would you go to a heart surgeon who has all the doctorates, who has studied for all the years uh, and who has all the accolades printed on his wall uh, and he has the most perfect clinic. Everything is fine. The hospital, everything is perfect in perfect order, but has never done a surgery. Or would you go to a person who does not have that much of education, does not have all the accolades that, that, that people term unneeded, but has been doing surgeries for many, many years? So the question I have for you right now is who would you trust your life with? Someone who has seen a heart in a book or someone who has experience of looking or seeing the heart in an actual body. Because that person who actually sees the heart in a body has the experience, he has applied knowledge the knowledge that he has acquired in the years of studies that he has done, he has, he has applied that knowledge in, in, being, in practical ways and has actually saved lives. Would you trust a person who has all the accolades or has the experience? The, I know most of you would go for the person who has most of the experience. There's something powerful in someone who has had years of experience applying the knowledge that he has gained or she has gained. There's something unique about them. They carry this wisdom about when to apply knowledge and where to apply knowledge. See, when you, you and I would go for an interview uh, for a job, what the, the employer is actually looking for is not how, how many marks you have on your certificates on your report cards. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I think that, that that's, that's a relief. He's not looking at how did you get 99.9% or did you get your first, you know, first class or second class or third class or whatever class you, were, you, you got. It doesn't matter. What matters to them is can you solve their problems? Can you use the knowledge? Have you had the experience of using the knowledge that you had, of uh, the knowledge that you acquired uh, uh, and solving problems? But, but before you solve their problems, are you able to assess the situation and bring a solution, a lasting solution that benefits their company? Those are the kind of people that employers want to pay high value for. They're not paying a high value for your education. They're paying a high value for your ability to solve problems. The problems that they might have. See, most of us think a job is, is something that we must uh, do uh, because we need to get a, a salary at the end of the month and that's the way of life. But if you were to only understand that the company needs you because they have a problem that only you can solve. 
then you will understand that what you're doing right now, the experience that you're gaining right now, you need to get as much experience as possible so that you can build your value to another employer or another business that would actually pay you a higher value. So the value that they place upon you is the value that you place upon applying knowledge in specific areas of your life. So wisdom is not just the experience, but it's also the ability to be judicious with administrating knowledge. Wisdom is not only about getting experience because you can get bad experiences. Hello. You can, you can make choices and get bad experiences and now you can take that bad experiences and that knowledge and tell people, don't do this and don't do that. If you do this, this will happen. And then what happens is that this generation becomes full of fear. Hello. We've seen that happen a lot. So wisdom is not only about how much experience you have, but it's also the ability to be judicious in administrating knowledge. See, when you have wisdom, um, this wisdom is, uh, is the, it gives you this, this ability to look at knowledge that you have. And, and when I say knowledge, I'm not just talking Christian knowledge now. I'm not just talking about, uh, oh, you know, the angels flew around the throne. Uh, you know, that stuff doesn't really add value to your business tomorrow when you have to get your sales targets. So knowledge is not a bad thing. Knowledge of the earth, knowledge of science, knowledge of physics, chemistry, mathematics, all of that stuff. I mean, what is happening in the world today, being current with time is not bad knowledge. It is good knowledge. But wisdom is the ability to administrate the knowledge that you have received according to a specific situation or a circumstance so that that circumstance or situation changes according to the the, 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 the wisdom that you have gained or the experience that you have gained in the past. The, the Greek word uh, for wisdom is the word Sophia. If that's your name, man, what an awesome name. Sophia. And Sophia uh, is the root uh, the root word, so, uh, Sophia is the root word uh, for, the, uh, for the term, for the word philosophy. Philosophy, right? Sophie is the, is the root word of philosophy. And really what it means is the love of wisdom or the art of using wisdom. That's what philosophy means. It's the art of using wisdom wisdom. And so there are two types of wisdom uh, that I want to present to you today. Uh, One is uh, a wisdom that is human wisdom. Okay. And this wisdom, uh, we people get by um, trial and error. Um, For example, you know, you would, you would look at an electric socket, a socket there and and through, through trial and error, you knew that that's not where you put your hand. It's human knowledge. It's human wisdom. Baba, don't put your hand in that socket. When you see a flame of fire, don't go and put your hand there. You know why? Because I did it. I've gained this wisdom, but this wisdom that I've gained, or for example, the people will say, hey, you know, don't, uh, don't go 
to that church or don't join this business you should be a science student don't don't be an arts student because arts does not have any money in it science you become doctor become engineer you know those that kind of stuff do that why because there's money in there why because i did arts and i failed at it you 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 understand it's human logic it's through trial and error people have tried things they've tried i, I want to be a businessman and so they tried okay what business you want to do oh, i think i'm going to do transport have no idea have not studied it but just has a desire for business and maybe it's a good desire but the problem is that it's trial and error and then when it fails they'll walk around telling people don't do transport business there's no money in it why because i failed that wisdom is human wisdom but there's also good good things that come out from human wisdom and i'm not saying that human wisdom is bad i'm just saying that human wisdom has the ability to not bring transformation human wisdom does not have the ability to give life human wisdom does not have the ability to uh, change according to uh, uh, circumstances and situations for example something that i have apply- applied in my life based on my logic may not be beneficial for you because your circumstance is tailor made for what you're going through and you are a completely different person with a diff- different psychology a different mindset a different biology and so because you are a unique person my wisdom or the logic that i apply in my life may not benefit you but even though we do give counsel to one another sometimes based on human logic people try to apply it they do see a bit of change in their life but actually they don't see everlasting transformation and the reason why is because human logic or wisdom does not have life in it it doesn't have the it doesn't have everlasting life in it and it doesn't have the ability to give life you can through your intentions through the power of the mind give it a little life and whatever it touches it can give it life but then it fades away immediately but then the second type of wisdom is divine wisdom and this is really what i really want to spend my time on today uh, teaching you divine wisdom is god's wisdom and this God's wisdom surpasses and defies human wisdom. It surpasses the wisdom of the world. It surpasses the wisdom of the ages. You know there are people who have been meditating for years and years and years and they've gained this knowledge of how to how things work and how things move around and how the earth works and all that stuff and although it is great wisdom it does not change anybody's life. But see divine wisdom is living. Wisdom is a living thing. Wisdom has life in it. Wisdom is not something that you get like that. But wisdom is something that grows in you as you grow in your relationship with the divine one. So divine wisdom matures in you, it grows in you as you mature in your relationship with God and understanding his nature, his character, his abilities and his will for the earth. See, for earthly matters to bring change in the earth you don't need earthly wisdom because it has not done anything for the earth 
But in the earthly affairs, you need divine wisdom because divine wisdom surpasses. It's greater than the wisdom of this world and it has the ability to bring transformation to the earth and all the affairs that you apply divine wisdom in, you can now bring transformation, eternal transformation to these situations on the earth so that the earth looks like heaven. We must understand that wisdom is from God. It is who He is. It is is His perspective about the earth. It is His mindset. It is His will for the earth. There are two realms that we are simultaneously in. One is the earth. One dimension is the earth and the other is heaven. And it is constantly, the earth is constantly trying to mimic heaven. The earth is is desperate. The Bible says that it's longing for the sons of God to manifest. Why? Because only the sons of God have the wisdom, the divine wisdom, not the wisdom of the ages, the divine wisdom of God in order to align the earth to rotate along with heaven. Only the sons of God have it. And that's why the earth is longing. Is there anybody who can sort my problems for me? Is there anybody who can help me to to be able to live longer? The trees want to live longer. The animals want to live longer. The earth wants to live longer. The water wants to be purer. Is there anyone on earth who can really be the conduit between heaven and earth and be able to get this wisdom, this divine wisdom from heaven so that you can bring heaven solutions to the earth's problems. Ladies and gentlemen, this wisdom from God is a living being. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is God's perspective how to apply knowledge and when to apply knowledge. It's the ability, God's ability. It's a grace gift. It's a gift of the Spirit, so to say. But when you understand, when I say wisdom is a living being, what I mean is when God speaks a word, that word responds to God according to His intention that He sent out that word to do. The word of God, the reason why the wisdom of God has the ability to bring transformation is because the word of God, when God speaks a word, it's not limited, ladies and gentlemen. The word of God mutates according to the situation you're in. So, for example, uh, today I might be speaking on finances, for example. I'm teaching you how to, uh, how to manage your money according to the kingdom. I could be doing that. And you could be in desperate need of a healing and the wisdom of God will mutate itself according to you, according to your need and bring a solution in your life. That's what earthly wisdom cannot do. It has no life in it. 
But when you talk about divine wisdom, divine wisdom is spirit. It's a spiritual being. And when you need something in your life and you ask God for divine wisdom in your life, when he speaks a word, uh, he could have spoken a word 2000 years ago. Hello. He, 4,000 years ago, he could have spoken a word and today your marriage will be solved because something God spoke 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago. He spoke into the, the atmosphere and that word was waiting for you and then now you, you came and you asked God for a solution and that word mutated and brought transformation in your life. This is why divine wisdom is needed in the world today. See, the, the earth knows it. The realm of the, of the spirits know that when you and I begin to, begin to step into a realm of, of accessing divine wisdom, now you, they know that you're a person who has stepped into authority. See, let me take you to Hebrews chapter 4. This is a phenomenal verse, but I want to show you something here that, that really is powerful. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says this, For the word of God is living and powerful. Come on, say that with me. Living and powerful. Say it one more time. Living and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, he's talking about the word of God. Okay, he's talking, he's not saying the word of God is a sword. And a lot of times people have said, oh, the word of God is a sword. No, ladies and gentlemen, it's like a sword. It's like a double-edged sword. Okay, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. My goodness. And the joints and marrow. And here we go and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Ooh, wow. So what is the word of God? What is wisdom? Wisdom, when it begins to, when you receive wisdom, it comes into your heart and it begins to discern your heart and your thoughts, which means the word of God comes into you and begins to listen to the conversations your heart and your head are having. Let that, let that sink right now. I've been speaking for the last 15 minutes and I've been speaking the word of God to you and the word of God is getting into your heart and is listening to the conversations that you're having in your heart. He's listening to the thoughts that you've had, the thoughts that you've had in your mind and even in your heart. The intentions of your heart. He's listening to it. And he's discerning. Is this... Is this from God or not? He's looking at what is written in your heart. You remember, I spoke about this a couple of months ago and I said, you're an epistle. There's something written on your heart. What is written on your heart? Because what is written on your heart begins to communicate to the mind. It begins to communicate to, to, through your conscience. It begins to communicate what is on your heart. What is on your heart today? Because the word of God is discerning whether that is the word of God, that is God's will for your life, or that is your will for your life. See, when wisdom begins to enter into your heart, now wisdom begins to, the word of God begins to discern the intentions and the thoughts in your heart. That is powerful. Why does it discern? What is the purpose of the word of God discerning the thoughts and intents of your heart? It's because you need judgment. 
Remember, wisdom is the ability to judiciously apply, administrate knowledge in your life. It's the ability to be judicious, to judge and administrate knowledge into your life. Now the question I have for you is, what is in your heart? Is what is in your heart the same that is in God's heart? Because the word of God, wisdom comes now to assess, to discern. Is your heart speaking the same language as God's heart? Because if it is now, wisdom brings you in alignment. And when he brings you in alignment now, he gives you God's perspective, how to discern between good and evil. I hope you understand that. He gives you God's perspective. A lot of times, see, you you must understand that in the garden, the temptation in the garden was for wisdom. It was not to get people to sin. Hello. The, The temptation in the garden was for wisdom. You were being like God. She looked at the tree as as something that could give her wisdom. When God said, don't go to the knowledge of good and evil to get wisdom. That's why the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of man does not work because the wisdom of a man is based on the knowledge of good and evil. Logic. This is good for me, man. It's logical. I only want to do that. No, but God has a plan. He made the light and the darkness. He made the destroyer to destroy. There's a plan for everything. So God's perspective, you have to step out of, of good, the knowledge of good and evil and seek His will, His wisdom, His perspective for the affairs that are happening in the world today. We can't look at the problems in the world according to what they're telling us. We've got to look at the problems in the world according to what God is saying. Why? Because he's, when He speaks a word, He gives you wisdom, His perspective, and His perspective comes with grace. And when grace comes, favor begins to flow all over your life. So if what is written in your hearts aligns with what is written in God's heart, then the word of God begins to be the grace in your life that begins to now bring transformation. It mutates according to your need and now begins to bring transformation even without you doing anything. You want miracles to happen in your life? Align your heart to the heart of God. When you receive wisdom from God, let it be the only thing that is on your heart. When it is on your heart, now the word of God comes and discerns, whoa, what is God saying about this situation right now? What is in this person's heart? Okay, good. Now I'm going to give this person the wisdom how to judge between good and evil. Come on now. We, we, we have to learn, ladies and gentlemen, that God has placed you in authority over the affairs of the earth. God has not just called you to be a, to, to go to a job, to go to job, to have a job, to have a family, uh, to, you know, to have a little money in the bank and to have a car picket fence life, to go on holidays once in a while. All that is good, the perks of the job. But please understand, your primary responsibility is for you to be a person in a kingly authority over the affairs of the earth. And it is your responsibility now to begin to bring judgment according to heaven. You've got to judge situations according to how God judges it. See, the word judgment is actually, it has been taken a very negative connotation in the church. 
because of the fear of the final judgment. Oh, if you're going to go to hell or heaven. And that's all we ever think of judgment as. But you, if you understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it means that you are already judged. He has judged you as righteous. Please understand, this is very, very powerful. This is the wisdom of God. You cannot judge people according to unrighteousness. You've got to, when you're in righteousness, you're in justice. Now, you've got to see what God has done for you. Now, He wants you now in authority to begin to act as Jesus to give justice now and judgment to people according to what Christ has done in the finished work of the cross. Wisdom goes hand in hand with justice, with righteousness. Every time you need wisdom, there's a purpose for wisdom. It is so that you can execute judgment. For example, if a person is sick and they come to you for prayer, why do they come to Christians for prayer? Why do they come to you and me for prayer? They come because they recognize that you're a person in authority. And because you're a person in authority, you're the person that represents Christ, righteousness, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You represent Christ to them. And now he said, lay hands on the sick and you heal them. He doesn't say, I'll come and heal them. He says, you heal them. Why? Because now you, what he's done for you, now you can do for somebody else. You can now lay hands upon the person and say, hold on a minute. The price has been paid. The price has been paid. The price has been paid. You must understand, demonic spirits understand the price. They understand that Jesus has paid the ultimate price. And because he's paid the ultimate price, now you can say that person, their slate is clean. That person belongs to Jesus. You are the one now executing judgment according to how God sees the person. We must understand, ladies and gentlemen, if you see your business like this, you'll begin to operate with divine wisdom. If you see your job like this, you'll begin to operate with divine wisdom. You'll see that your biz, your company that you're working for is not just your company now. Is not just uh, You're not just an employee, but now you're a person in authority sent from heaven, representing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven with the authority to bring justice. Every time something wrong happens in your company, you are the one who can right the wrong. Come on, it's powerful. In the Gospels, when, when the, the scribes and Pharisees brought the woman uh, who was caught in adultery to Jesus, Jesus hadn't paid the price yet. But he lived, he knew the price that he was going to pay. He knew what was going to happen to that woman under the, who was under the law. He knew that what she did was wrong. Under the law, it was wrong and she should be stoned to death. But Jesus is communication to the woman, not the scribes and Pharisees, to the woman. is completely different. He says, even I don't have any accusation against you. Hello? She's broken the law. She should be stoned to death. This is the law. But then Jesus is looking at her from the finished work of the cross. 
while he's still on the earth he looks at her according to the righteousness that he was going to provide for her he stepped out of time into eternity where the price was already paid and he gave the price to her he says neither do i condemn you go go but go listen he says go and sin no more which means he knew she was a sinner see the we i'm going to say something now that might sound controversial but i want you to hear it with a with wisdom okay i want you to hear it as wisdom okay you know i come from a country where people uh it's easy to bribe uh, people especially when you are caught at a traffic traffic signal or you know you're riding your bike you don't have your helmet or you forgot your license at home it's very easy uh, to say hey please i'm really sorry take this little money you know and uh, and please let me go uh, and the guy takes the money but when we give the money a few years later we we judge that guy and we write things about him in the newspaper uh, and and we write things about 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 him on the internet or, or we say ah oh, you know these people are all corrupt and please i'm not i'm not saying that you should do it uh, but i'm i'm saying this you have to see the person the way god sees them wisdom is not seeing what the act of breaking the law wisdom sees why that person broke the law if you go to that man's house that constable's house and you look at his house you look at the salary he gets and you see what a meager salary that man gets and he stands on the road all day long in the heat for something to feed his family And so we look at that we we don't look at that but we look at the law and we say oh he's breaking the law by taking money sure he is and sure as the person who's giving the money it's not like you know there's only one person breaking the law hello both of them are breaking the law Jesus the, the, the scribes and Pharisees only brought the woman where was the guy she was caught in the act Ooh. so we've got to see when you understand wisdom when you understand how to judge according to wisdom we don't see the person taking the bribe if the person does that has a meager salary has nothing to feed his family and he takes he's taking a bribe uh, ladies and gentlemen it is out of desperation and god has sympathy for that desperation see this is where it's going to get a little uh, a, a little controversial for you But if that same person was earning a fat salary and he was had all his needs met everything he was driving good cars everything was good in his life but yet he went and still took bribes so you would look at the person's heart and then judge so god really doesn't look at the outward acts he looks at the at the heart he looks at the heart and he judges according to what happens in your heart that's why the word of god is a discerner of the heart so we must embrace this this concept ladies and gentlemen the concept is that i am not giving people a license to bribe or take bribes but what i'm giving you a license to have is god's heart that's the license you should have so when you look at a crime happening when you look at something as small as this happening somebody bribing somebody you don't pass just look at what a guy this man look at the horrible guy look at how he, he's taking money from so many people ah shucks you know this country is gone to the dogs you know we make statements like that but not understanding that we are people in authority 
And what we say now empowers a, an army, a spiritual army that actually does what we say. So when we judge somebody, we're empowering. If we judge somebody negatively, we're empowering the kingdom of darkness to go and attack those people's lives. But when we begin to judge people according to righteousness, how God has been right to us, how Christ has been right to us, now we've stepped out of the knowledge of good and evil outside the domain of spirits into Christ himself. And from that place, we begin to be judicious with the knowledge that we have. We're judicious. We discern between good and evil. But it has to be from the perfect will of God. It has to be from the heart of God. It has to be from his heart. It has to be his perspective over the earth. We have to mature into a place. That's why wisdom is is something that we mature into. It is not something that we just get like that. There was only one guy who got wisdom, the whole full measure of wisdom. And God said there will never be another guy after that. And every single human being after that, including Jesus himself, grew in wisdom. Luke chapter 2 says, Jesus grew in stature and wisdom and in favor with God and with man. And so when they recognized there was something different about him, he was communicating and he had great understanding. He communicated things that not normal children would communicate. And he grew in favor with God and with man because he stepped into the wisdom of the father and he grew in that wisdom he matured in that wisdom he communicated the will of the father all the time you ask jesus jesus his mother comes to him and says hey can you please make some wine he says woman he doesn't even say mother he says woman my hour has not come What's he trying to say? He's saying the will of God for my life, the, the, the wisdom of God for my life is not for me to reveal who I am right now. You don't understand. I need to be hidden. It's wisdom. The temptation in the garden was for man to be cut off from this one thing, divine wisdom. The, the plan of the enemy was to separate man from divine wisdom. When he separated man from divine wisdom, man looked to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and now began to operate from the knowledge of good and evil thinking it is wisdom. But actually, they made more destruction than they brought transformation. And that's the reason why God said, Hey, listen, I don't want you to eat of that tree. I want you to eat of any other tree except that one tree. Why? It's because all the other trees were blessed by God. He had a perfect will for those trees to feed you. So that it can be good for you. It can nourish your bodies. That's That's what he says. But then they chose not to, not to obey the wisdom of God, but chose to obey, to run after wisdom. They can strive on their own. They could strive for wisdom. They could get it on their own. They wanted to pluck the fruit and they wanted to see, oh, she saw the tree was good for wisdom. 
It between in her mind when the enemy came to her and said, "If you eat of this fruit, you will be like God, knowing knowing good and evil." See, God does not just know good and evil; He judges between good and evil. He discerns between good and evil. See, the wisdom of God causes you to discern between it. And now, what God says is perfect will, not just good will, not just evil. But it's perfect will of God, and that perfect will of God, ladies and gentlemen, when you begin to bring it into a good situation, it begins to transform that good situation into a perfect situation. This is the reason why we need divine wisdom. I want to take you to this amazing man in the Bible called King Solomon. In one Kings, chapter three, and I want to. Just quickly go through his, this story because people think that I need to pray the prayer that Solomon prayed in order for me to get wisdom, without understanding that there is a purpose for wisdom. If you understand that I spoke last week that prosperity in your life determines on how you take divine wisdom and apply it when God says apply it to the areas of your life, you will experience prosperity in those areas. Right now. Look at the story of Solomon. King Solomon was, of course, David's son, and he comes to the throne, and he comes to the throne as a young man. And now the Bible says, if you read chapter three, it says that the only thing that Solomon did different from his father is that he would offer sacrifices on high places. He was a very mystical kid. He understood there's something about these high places. These high places, ladies and gentlemen, are spiritual authorities. They are places of spiritual dominance, where where spirits would be, large spirits would gather upon these high places, and these these are principalities and powers of darkness, and these spirits would sit on these high places and rule from their place. And Solomon knew something was different about these high places, and so now he decides that the only thing different, because there was no temple in those days, the only thing different that he did from his father was to go upon these high places and offer sacrifices. Okay, it's very important that you understand that your church is a high place. Your church is a high place. It doesn't matter which church you're part of. If you're part of Life Church Global, Life Church Global is a high place, and it is from that place that we offer sacrifices to God. And I tell you, something significant about a high place is that it, it signifies to God. It, it, it's a demonstration of the heart that you. Uh, that you're placing him higher than every other thing in the world. You're placing him as a priority in your life. When you come to church, when you're sitting here at 3 p.m. between 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., you're placing God as a priority in your life. It is a high place. When you sow your money into the church, you're saying, "God, I'm giving you this offering because from this high place, because this is the place where you rule and reign in my life." So we need to understand that he. Now found another place, and it is in the place of Gibeon, and he went to sacrifice in that place. And it doesn't say that it was a high place, but it actually says it was a great high place, which means this this peak or this mountain was an extremely high mountain. And Solomon takes he offers a thousand burnt offerings. You must understand he goes to the highest peak with a thousand offerings. It takes great effort to worship God in those days. It took great effort to worship God in those days. 
And so because of that, now God shows up in a dream to Solomon and says, Well, Solomon, ask what you need. What do you want? Ask of me and I'll give it to you. It's a powerful, if you understand that principle, God is the same yesterday, today and forever. What is your worship like? What is your offering like? What are your high places? Do you have a high place in the day? Do you have a high place on the, on, during the week? Do you have a high place at all? Do you even understand what a high place is? Do you even know the importance of how, how important it is for you to put God as a priority over everything else? So understanding that, verse 9. God asked him the question and now Solomon is speaking to God. In the dream, just remember, this guy is having a dream. And in the dream he says, Therefore, verse 9, Therefore, give to your servant. He's a king, he's not a servant. But give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people. Wow. Oh, wow. This completely changes the dynamic of church now. It changes the completely, completely changes the dynamic of business. Complete, complete change of the dynamic of families, of your workplace, of your friendship circles, right? Who are you hanging out with? What are you doing with your family? Mother, father, how are you judging God's children? Ooh. Pastors and leaders, coaches, how are you judging your people? How are you judging his people? Therefore, give to your servant. He began, he positioned himself. Very interesting, very smart guy. He positioned himself before God as a kingly servant. He's a steward of God's kingdom and God's people. And he says, God, I'm, I'm such a young man right now. I don't know how to judge your people. He's not, please, when I say judge, I'm not talking about condemn people. I'm talking about judgment. And now he goes to explain it. That I may discern between good and evil. He's saying, God, give me an understanding heart so that I can judge your people. That I may discern between good and evil. This is powerful church. He goes to God, he presents his heart and he says, God, give me an understanding heart. I want a heart that can understand not the knowledge of good and evil. Don't get, don't misunderstand that now. He's not trying to say, I want to understand the difference between knowledge of good and evil. I want to understand how you would judge between good and evil. How you would discern between good and evil, so that I can judge your people the way you judge your people. You see, he positioned himself in righteousness, in justice. And he says, God, teach me your ways. Where did you hear that? David said it. Show me your ways. Teach me your ways, God, that I may know you. His desire is, I want to be the best representation of God to his people. And so God use me now, give me an understanding heart so that I can understand how you, what is your perspective for people? What is your perspective for your people? What is your will for your people? So that I can communicate your will when they come to me with the knowledge of good and evil. Oh. And so God says this, 
the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life, Hello, Life Church Global. You have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have you asked for riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is the ability to discern justice. How do I judge? How do I judge this situation today? How do I judge coronavirus? How do I judge uh, another pandemic or a new strain? How do I judge the economies? How do I judge what is happening in politics and the government? How do I judge? Give me an understanding heart so that I can execute your justice on earth as it is in heaven. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and an understanding heart so that there is not anyone, not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any be like you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I I have also given you what you have not asked for. Come on now. Hello. Give me an understanding heart. Okay, I'm going to give you more than what you asked for. What you're not asking for, I'm going to give you. What is that? He says, riches and honor. Wow, come on, man. So that there shall be not anyone like you among the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Powerful. What a word from the Lord. The guy asked, give me an understanding heart so that I can judge your people. I can be a good king. I can discern between their good and evil and I can bring, establish your judgment in their lives and I can help these people so that, you know, we can have an awesome kingdom and we can have your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And God says, okay, cool. Since you have asked, you have pleased me. I'm pleased by your request. When was the last time God says, I love your request? Most of the times we're going to God, please give me money. God, please give me a job. God, please give me this. Why don't we go to God and say, God, give me wisdom. You need a job? God, give me wisdom. Because I really stank at my previous job. (laughs) I made massive mistakes. I lacked wisdom in my interview, God. I think I need wisdom before I get another job. When we we understand that we want wisdom, we want, we want money. Give me money. Lord, I, I want to be rich. I want to be on the Forbes 500 list. But you don't have wisdom to use that money. Guess what? All that money is, will come to you and then will go to all the evil people in the world. But see, the kingdom of God is like this. The wealth of the wicked is being stored up for the... For the... No, no. You're not saying it right. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the... Righteous... So when we, when we look at Solomon's life, we see that he immediately goes from receiving wisdom. See, God says, I've given you an understanding heart. I've given, well, here you go. Understanding heart, wisdom. All my wisdom is now in you. And so he goes straight away into a test. And these two prostitutes come to, to him for justice. Have you ever had people coming to you for justice? Have they come to you for prayer? 
church. Have they come to you for counsel? They have. People have come. I don't know why these people come to me and share all their sad stories. They, they, it's not that you have a shoulder to cry on. You have a shoulder that carries the authority of heaven and they come to you for justice. And so now Solomon, these two prostitutes come to Solomon and they, they, it's a phenomenal story. You can read it in First um, uh, Kings chapter 3 and it's about these two women that, that are staying in the same room and both of them have babies at the same time and one woman sleeps on a baby and the baby dies. And another woman has a baby and so she, this woman who has a dead baby takes the dead baby and replaces it with this other woman's live baby and takes the live baby with her and now when the woman wakes up in the morning she goes oh my god this is not my baby because the baby was three days old so she recognized that this was not a baby so nobody can solve the problem so let's go to Solomon because he's the king and so now they come to Solomon and Solomon says okay if you're saying this is your baby and you're saying this is your baby bring me a sword You see, divine wisdom will look like foolishness to the wisdom of this world. Sometimes Pastor John makes certain decisions, says certain things that when you look at it with human logic, you may think that this is not a good decision. But in the long run, you will find out that every decision was made because we were operating under divine wisdom. And so now he says, bring a sword. And so he says, okay, fine. If you are saying this is your baby and this is your baby, cut the baby in half and give both pieces to, one piece to each mother. So the mother that, 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 who, who was the real mother of the child now wept before the king and says, okay, no, 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 please don't save the child. Let her have it. You see, divine, divine, divine wisdom pulls truth out from the heart when you operate with divine wisdom if you give it some time the truth comes to the surface and so now the other lady says no 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 we have to cut the baby in half and she can take half and I can take half and so that was pretty clear for Solomon he says no give the baby to the to the real mother but I want to show you something in verse 28 it says this and all Israel heard heard the judgment which the king had rendered and they feared the king for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. All of Israel, they heard how he was operating with the wisdom of God, the divine wisdom of God and now they were afraid, they were reverent, not afraid of him, they were reverent of him. And because they were reverent of him, now he, it was because the wisdom, they saw the wisdom of God on him. And now it was because he was able to administer justice. How many unjust situations are in your life? When you look at what people are saying about you, when you look at what your boss says about you, when you look at what your church, the people in your life group say about you, or what you experience in your body, oh, pastor, I'm really sick. Uh, oh my God, pastor, you know, I have pain in my knees. Um, you know, pastor, I have, I have this sickness and I have that sickness. We, 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 we go to people asking for justice. When we're, when we're in debt and we need money to pay our bills, we need justice. Because there's, a, there's an unjust thing happening to us. 
When people are gossiping about us, it's a it's an unjust thing. And the desire for someone in righteousness is that you need to understand that we are not always asking for justice because towards us in our hearts justice has already been paid. It's already been done. Oh, I think I Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, when you you need to understand that what God has done for you He has executed divine wisdom in your life through the finished work of the cross. So in you you don't need justice but you actually because you are actually righteous. You are the justice of Christ. Oh come on man. You are the justice of God in Christ Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the justice And this justice ladies and gentlemen when you're a judge now when you're put in this position to be righteous to be the one that executes judgment the one that executes God's judgment on the earth it's not because it's not for you to understand that you need to lord over people <laughs> hello please don't think that you are become lord and master over people like when you're a leader when you're a pastor all of that stuff you we 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 we're, we're all oh you come to me come to me for all your problems i will solve i will give you judgment i will give you justice uh, oh no we're all we're all the righteousness of god in christ jesus all of us together in life just church global are one man all of us including me everybody is one man called christ and in him is righteousness in him he is justice so when you you and i need to understand that according to what he has written in our hearts that will be what will happen around us when we receive divine wisdom the word comes to us and it introspects it discerns what is in our heart if your heart is full of the knowledge of good and evil then the lord will wait If you're stepped into divine wisdom from God then the word of God activates some people like Sam and Althea they just have a desire and next day it happens Come on man why is that because they their their hearts their conscience they is their spirits are so aligned with the heart of the father Some people take 10 years for a headache to go only because they just so full of the knowledge of good and evil oh this virus does this and this thing does that and i need to take that plant medication and i need to this take this and i need to go ayurvedic and i need to go hydrotherapy and i need to do this step and all of that is good ladies and gentlemen it's great but i know that 2000 years ago 2000 years ago every sickness every sin every disease was already paid for You don't have to strive to get yourself healed. You just have to believe that you are already healed. And it is from that wisdom that you begin to look at sickness in your body now. Let me tell you something. I don't think that I don't struggle with with pain. Yeah, I just woke up one day and I had huge tremendous pain on my wrist i couldn't even hold a bottle uh, this week i couldn't even hold a bottle in my hand and and squeeze it because of the pain in my hand i don't know how it happened i didn't even do anything strenuous i didn't lift weights anything and so that pain in my hand i one day i was sitting i was actually preparing this message and i just looked at my hand like this and i began to speak to it i said why are you in my hand 
you're not allowed to be here you have to leave it is illegal for you to be in my body you cannot touch my body and I, and i was i'm actually thinking to myself i'm actually speaking to my hand this looks foolish to the world but to me this is the wisdom of god Amen. and so now i executed judgment on my hand and i said you are healed in jesus name this is the wisdom of god the price has already been paid you're healed i'm going to get back to work and not give you any more attention anymore and i went back to work i woke up this morning no pain at all so the the reason why i'm sharing this with you is because we 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 battle with the knowledge of good and evil so much that it causes us to have that written imprinted on our hearts but when you and i understand the purpose in our life ladies and gentlemen is as christ has done for us we need to do for people around us what christ has done for us we need to do for people around us this is really your the reason why you're alive people want to know what god's will is for your life we'll start with this one it is knowing the wisdom of god for the affairs of the earth to be in a place of authority so that you can judge discern between good and evil and bring justice according to the perfect will of the father So right now while I'm speaking there are people who have sickness in their body. And I wherever you are if you can stand up I want you to stand up right now. If you have pain in your body, any pain in your body, stand up right now and the Lord is beginning to heal you right now. Just begin to claim like I said, begin to speak to that sickness and say it's illegal to be in my body. Diabetes is illegal in my body. blood sugar uh, the 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 high, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, all of that stuff is illegal in my body. Perfect health is legal in my body. Cancer is illegal in my body. Paralysis is illegal in my body. Poverty is illegal in my body. Poverty is illegal in my life. Come on. Come on church. If you're in debt, begin to stand up right now and just begin to speak to debt and say debt, you are illegal in my life. Lack you are illegal in my life. If you don't have a job and you need a job, you need to now step into this place of of standing before God and saying, "God, I ask you to give me wisdom for my new job. Give me wisdom for my new job. Give me wisdom for for me to get married. Give me wisdom for me to have friends. Give me wisdom for me to have to manage money." There's a there are a lot of people who don't know how to manage money. Right now the Lord is giving you wisdom to manage money so that you can take money and make it multiply. I'm seeing people receiving an anointing to to multiply money right now. according to the wisdom of the father god will give you wisdom to with like the story of the talents to take the five talents and to invest it in the right areas and multiply those talents for the kingdom of god see it's not for you but it is for him that you do that he says seek first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added unto you all these things that we need ladies and gentlemen are added when you seek his perfect will for your life. So today church I want to bless you. This is only part 1 of of the the this little mini series on wisdom. Next week is going to be awesome. And I hope 
that you would be in church on time. And I hope to see you sometime. And Kelsey and I, we just love you. We declare our love upon you. Our Life Church Global loves you. Our pastoral team loves you. Our coaches, we love you. And we're so grateful for you, church. We are going to do awesome things. I see you doing awesome things this week. I see you executing the judgment of God, the justice of God, the righteousness of God in every area of your life. I see you having a prosperous week this week. So we bless you. We love you. And we declare long life over you. In Jesus' name. Amen.